I'm tempted to do a non-traditional form of loving kindness because it has been so impactful for me. And then tomorrow at the same time slot, I might build on that or revisit a more formal or more traditional way, just so that for those of you who might be new to loving kindness practice, you know how it's often or traditionally taught. For me, loving kindness makes up a, a principal part of my personal practice and has for many years. And it didn't always work. And so I have all of these tips and tricks and doorways in front door doesn't work, take the side door, if not the back door, basement door, all of those things. And so I do like to offer them up as much as possible because I think it's easy, at least this was my experience, it's easy to think that we're doing something wrong or that we're not worthy or something like that if it doesn't feel like it's quote unquote working. And so two things I wanna challenge with that idea of if it's not working. One is we might think we know what we're looking for when we often don't, because if this is a new quality we're trying to cultivate, we have no idea what it's, how it'll manifest. The second, I told you I'm not good with lists, I'm already forgetting. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and the second being that we are not already this quality. And so much like awareness or, or, or sorry, mindfulness, it is part of our natural essence, but we just need to be reminded I like to think that a lot of our practices like in Theravadan Buddhism or mindfulness and whether it's also yoga or whatever, I, I like to think that a lot of our practices are just trying to remind us what we are already. Although, and I, as you might've picked up, I blame capitalism and patriarchy for a lot of things, but capitalism tries to tell us that we are not these things and we need to buy the next thing, the new yoga mat, go to that retreat, travel there, this and that, in order to be reminded. And yet my experience has been, some of that has been supportive, maybe not the yoga mat part, but the being supported by teachers and encouraged, but really it's slowing down, stopping, letting all of the, um, the mental agitation fall away. And then for me to be able to start seeing what's underneath it all. I sometimes use the image of a snow globe to reflect our practice where us in our day-to-day -day -day lives, it's like a, a snow globe that's agitated or all shaken up. And then what we're trying to do when we slow down, like what we're doing this weekend is we're putting the snow globe down. Depending on some of our social locations or just what is inherited in our bodies, whether it's transgenerational trauma or fairly trauma-free lives, et cetera, the, the, that'll affect how much the, the snowflakes settle. And so just to know that all, all of them settling is not necessarily the goal, although that's maybe sometimes what we can interpret when we read books about quieting the mind or something like that. What we're trying to do is just slow down enough so that those snowflakes begin to settle and then we get to start seeing in between them and we get to see what is just maybe a thought or opinion, whether it's inherited or 
um, an old false belief that we strategize when we are a young child? And which ones are the spaces in between? Which ones we might decide to believe in or which ones we might not even decide to, but have been feeding into our, for decades and then choosing otherwise. So choosing the spaces between. Another way I describe um, these heart practices is like as if we are living on a very busy street and we have this floor to ceiling window that is on this, that is forward facing to this busy street. And on this street, there's like a lot of traffic and you live in a place like Montreal where there's all seasons. And so um, if you ignore this window for long enough, well, then there could be layers and layers of dirt and grime and whatnot. And so if you think of, say, however old you are, and this window, imagine, so I'm 40. So imagine having ignored this very busy window for 40 years. And then suddenly, because you hear of this quality, like loving kindness, and then the window is, or cleaning the window is this practice. And so you're like, all of a sudden, after 40 years, you're like, loving kindness? Okay, great. I, I should spend some time cleaning that window. So we get out our bucket, soapy water, the big sponge, and we start scrubbing the window. And at first, it's probably going to be gross, just because of all of the layers of decades and decades of the, the grime on the windows. And that's very reflective of this practice. We're at the beginning. It it's not very pleasant, even though you might think of loving kindness as like, oh, really sweet, really nice. I get to relax now or something like that. It's not always the case. Feelings like anger or um, resentment can arise. And so that's like the, the first layers of grime. And then you keep scrubbing and it's very possible that after a long time, you're just like, is this even working? Is it even worth it? It might have worked for other people, but I don't think it's working for me. But you're kind of like begrudgingly still scrubbing the window. And then without knowing, you start seeing the speck through or in between dirt, in between the grime. And it, then suddenly, at least this was my experience, it's like, whoa, oh, okay, so it might be working. And then just, as I mentioned earlier, to not miss those little moments of like, is this working? Because that's what strengthens or motivates you to keep scrubbing. And for me, the first time that I recognized that it worked was when I broke something. And I used for decades really pretty harsh um, inner speech to motivate myself or to kind of like keep me on track or whatever it was. I was really, really mean to myself. And when I broke this jar or glass, I remember the reaction was, um, okay, it's okay, let's just make sure to clean it up so no one gets hurt. And I remember cleaning it up and thinking, oh, that's weird to say. I mean, it's nice to say, but weird to say, because it wasn't how I usually had reacted up until that time. But just because we start seeing a speck through the window, it doesn't mean like, oh, my job's done. What's the next heart quality? Move on to the next window. Sadly, it doesn't work like that. Whenever you end up cleaning your window, you'd still have to tend to it so that it can, stay, can maintain or not get clouded 
by thoughts, opinions, and judgments. So it does take some sort of sustaining, but often much less effort than when you first turn towards that, this practice. And so for me, I went back to being judgmental or whatever, but then I remember I was, the, the second time I really remembered that this was working was I had gotten in a fight with my ex and, and the pattern in that relationship was really not helpful where I would take on everything as my fault and that I was wrong and like he didn't do anything wrong, et cetera. And so I remember, and I still like to do this in the bath or in the shower, but like after a fight like that, I like to go underwater or in water and cry. And so I was like ready to self-loathe. I kind of blocked off an hour to, to like ball or whatever. And I had gone in the shower and I remember wanting to have some sort of release, but kind of planning to be mean to myself as a way to, to get it out more. And that was, it might sound weird now, as I say it, it does sound weird, but that was just what I did. I don't know. And then I remember getting into the shower and, um, and like kind of gearing up. And even though I wanted to be mean to myself, it wasn't happening. And I remember kind of being like, come on, you can, you can do it. Come on. Like kind of coaching myself into it and it didn't work. And so I was like, oh, okay. This loving kindness that might be starting to work a little bit. And so that's, again, another thing. That one was really big for me to start being like, okay, let me, let me put more effort into this or more attention into this. And so um, another thing that I want to challenge is just as soon as we learn this quality doesn't mean that it's so binary, that some days you are loving and kind and other days, well, good luck because you weren't today. It's not so clear cut, thankfully. However, if you're a perfectionist or you are hard on yourself, it's easy to think of the day that you just had and be like, oh no, I wasn't mindful. This is a fail today. Oh, I wasn't loving and kind, another fail. Better luck tomorrow. But to think of it more like on a spectrum. So earlier I mentioned that the opposite of mindfulness is boredom, but between boredom and mindfulness, it's not like an on off switch in the light uh, on a light. Think of it more like a dimmer. There's all of these kind of varying degrees between boredom and mindfulness. And in loving kindness, the um, far enemy as it's worded in the teachings is hatred. And so between hatred and loving kindness, again, that dimmer switch, there's so many little variations. And so I like to think, I'm not sure how the hydro bills work or the electricity bills work, but I like to think that on a dimmer switch, if it's on just a little, and even though it's really faint, you still pay the bills on it kind of thing. Well, same with, with loving kindness, even if you're a little bit inward, from hatred, you're moving in the right direction. And so to not underestimate that, basically. So how I want us to practice this loving kindness for the next little bit is 
two ways. One is we're going to send love and kindness only to ourselves. And the reason being is just so we can acknowledge that we're complex beings, as I alluded to at the beginning of the day. Some people are just like, oh my God, this is going to be torture just to myself. Because a lot of people resist sending loving kindness to themselves because it's just so much easier to send it out to others, which is exactly why we send it to ourselves first and foremost. It's like the typical airline oxygen mask story or scenario or metaphor. You need to put it on yourself before you can help others. And I like to challenge things a lot. So when I hear that, often what comes to mind for me is, you don't know how fast I move. (laughs) So it's like, I could probably put it on one or two other people before me or something like that. But I think the moral of, of that story is maybe, I don't know, I've never tested it out, but I probably can't get very far if I don't put the oxygen mask on myself at some point. And so it's that same kind of idea that, yeah, you might have gotten however old you are that far in life, putting the oxygen masks on others. But at some point, you do need to put it on yourself. Um, Another thing is also, it's like a cup that spills over. It's virtually impossible in my experience to completely, completely love yourself for all of your imperfections and seeing all of your complexities and not have that transfer out to others. Some people it's a little harder, I must say, but, um, but just generally speaking. And so this practice of sending loving kindness to different parts of ourselves helps us see that we're not just this one person, say, who made a mistake and then therefore we're bad and or something, whatever your story might be around that kind of thing. But that, oh, wait, that was just my wounded part that was activated and so made a bad choice. But it, that is not who I am. It's just one part of who I am. And so we'll send loving kindness to various parts of ourselves. But then what happens is I get to see that in other people too that sometimes my friends are like really wise and other times it's just like we're all making bad decisions because that wounded part is making is driving the show in that moment and so it helps me see others also as these complex beings who are not just say that annoying thing or something like that just in case um, that does arise for you sometimes i don't know if that makes sense but hopefully it'll make more sense after we go through the practice The way I'll guide it is I'll leave a lot of space between the phrases, just so that you're able to receive the words, receive the the well wishes. Because it's really that, that flavor, that intention that makes the practice, not how many times you repeat the phrases or how fast you are, which for two years of practicing metta, no one told me that. So I was just like, may I be happy? Am I happy yet? No. May I be free from danger? Am I free from danger yet? I was, I was pretty desperate, but, but it has evolved, thankfully. <laughs> the practice, I don't know about the desperation, but anyways. So because we're practicing loving kindness, this is a great one to do in a posture that is an expression of loving kindness. 
whether the loving kindness you have or hope to have for yourself. So feel free to lie down, go get that blanket, force your furry animal on your lap. Just kidding. Um, warm socks, whatever, whatever can help you feel really care cozy or maybe um, like you're being held, even if it's you doing your own holding. One of the ways I practice loving kindness is hands to my body, and then I hug my upper arms into myself. So it is as if I am holding myself. But basically, really just letting go of any stoicism in your posture. And if anything, inviting a melting into or a melting down. Feel your body resting here in whatever posture it's in. Eyes can be open or closed. And wanting to get some sort of tangible experience of the body. So maybe just squeezing with your hands wherever they are. So you might just feel the ground a little bit more or your couch so squeezing or um, grabbing or squeezing your thighs a little bit just again to remind yourself oh yeah this body resting here Bring to mind <clears throat> a version that, of yourself that you're pretty familiar with. What I mean by that is when you look in a mirror, when maybe you pass a reflection like a window, when you see a recent photo of yourself, it's like, yeah, that's me. So bring that image of yourself to mind and we'll start off by sharing loving kindness phrases to that version I'll share my own and at any point perhaps this evening you might reframe them so that they're more reflective for your experience or what may open your heart more
silently repeat after me. May I be happy and healthy. May I be free from inner and outer danger. be held in compassion. and accept myself just as I am. Let these phrases go and this everyday version of yourself invited to step to the side so that you can bring forward the beloved or lovable version of yourself. And so on some days when we're not feeling so lovable, this one can be challenging. And if today happens to be that day for you, you might then instead imagine someone who loves you, a friend, a colleague, a family member, and borrow their eyes. And if that doesn't work, then you can borrow my eyes 
because it's very rare. I don't, I can't recall a time where once I've known a person's story or gotten to know a person that I didn't love them in some way. So this, to this beloved or lovable version Same phrases. May I be happy and healthy. be free from inner and outer danger. be held in compassion. and accept myself just as I am. You can let the phrases go and invite this lovable version of yourself to also step off to the side. And just a reminder that it's very normal if feelings that seem as if they're the opposite to loving kindness arises. 
if possible, not to make them wrong when those feelings arise, but to maybe greet the anger or the sadness or unworthiness or resentment with loving kindness. Reciting just really simply, oh, this too, or oh yes, anger, my love. Resentment, my love. Now bring to mind the wise and intuitive version of yourself. the part of you that might have signed up for this retreat. It's the part of you that is having you continue showing up to the sessions. So, and so to the wise and intuitive part of you, may I be happy and healthy. May I be free from inner and outer danger. May I be held in compassion. May I love and accept myself just as I am.
invites that wise and intuitive version of yourself to again step to the side as you let the freezes go. And now bring to mind the mysterious part of you. This one is also sometimes challenging for folks because we don't really know where to direct our attention in this case. So other ways to think of it is that there are parts of you that you don't yet know, unconscious parts. And maybe that's why you practice to get to know yourself a little bit more deeply. And so to that version, so the parts of you that you don't yet know, send loving kindness to those parts. You might even frame it as to the future version of myself, this version that I'll know a little bit more than I do right now. May I be happy and healthy. be free from inner and outer danger. be held in compassion. and accept myself just as I am.
invite that mysterious part of yourself to join you and the other versions to the side. Now we'll bring to mind the difficult version of ourselves. This doesn't mean the parts of you that you don't like. Rather, it's the part of you that is fragile and wounded. And so when it gets activated or triggered, it makes bad decisions that creates chaos for you and or those around you. But despite, it's actually trying its best, even though it can't really see really clearly in those moments. And so to the wounded and fragile part of you, may I be happy and healthy. be free from inner and outer danger. held in compassion. and accept myself just as I am.
Invite the fragile and wounded part to step to the side. But now all of these parts, the fragile and wounded, the mysterious, the wise intuitive teacher, the beloved, the everyday version, form to make a circle. And so we'll do one last round sending loving kindness to all these parts, the difficult, the beautiful, the wise. Because if it wasn't for each of these parts, you wouldn't be this unique expression that is you. This unique expression of life. May I be happy and healthy. May I be free from inner and outer danger. be held in compassion. May I love and accept myself just as I am. the phrases go and take a moment to check in with any emotions or feelings that may be present right now. Returning to the body resting here, 
breathing here. Thank you for your practice. And so. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.